Let's turn to 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 3. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 3. Amen. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse number 3, we'll read verse 3 and verse 4. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Well, let's read verse 5. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Verse number 8. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness but is long-suffering to us we're not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance Lord we thank you for your word tonight we ask that it would be a strength to everybody that is gathered together in this house and in this place we have felt your presence we have felt your anointing as we have lifted up our voice and we have sent praises to you, the sacrifice of praises. Amen. I'm thankful that I don't have to bring a bull, a goat, a turtle dove, a grain offering. But all I have to do is lift up my hands and offer to you a sacrifice of praise. And we do that in the house of God tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you for standing for the reading of the word of the Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. We have a promise in the scripture that there is coming a time in which Jesus will descend from heaven and that there will be a translation of the saints. There will be a rapture. We've read in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18, how that believers who have died will rise from their graves and believers who are alive will be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. I, I, I want you to know tonight, standing before you, that I have no hesitation I say, come, Lord Jesus, not because I want to live for tomorrow or something I want to see done. I know that, that when he comes, everything that can be done in this life is going to pale in comparison to what it's going to be like when we are fully in the presence of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful that I felt his presence in this place, but it is only in measure. There is coming a day in which it will not be just in measure, but it will be in the fullness of who he is, his power, his ability. If you're thankful for the anointing of God and that which you feel when you worship God and you praise God, 
Just think about an opportunity. One of these old mornings, one of these days, we're going to see him as he is. And we're going to be able to worship him in the totality of who he is. Oh, let's thank him together and worship God that he's true to his promise. It doesn't matter what the scoffers may say. God is true to his word. He's true to his word. The first century church believed that. They lived their life with that expectation. And I, I, I've got to be honest with you. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the first century church had a razor sharp understanding that it could be any moment, any time. And I'll be honest with you. I think the church of this century in this day and age has lost a little bit of that fervor and that intensity and that edge until we get ourselves into situations like we're in, until we look around and we recognize, wait a minute, there's got to be more to this life than just this earth and everything that is in it because we see a degradation, we see a, a going backwards, we see a declining, but while the world is declining, the kingdom of God is exceeding while things are going down we should start looking up when difficulties come our way we should say come lord jesus with the same expectation and the same power associated with it this was stamped in their memory when they saw jesus go up and the angel was standing saying why look you and gaze you into the heavens the same jesus that has ascended and was taken up is the same one that is going to come again this was in their minds when they talked to individuals around them this was on their minds when peter started preaching and teaching and delivering the word of God and they started reaching out to the world that was around them. Peter did not diminish from that expectation. From the very beginning, Jesus was taken up all the way to the end of his life when he wrote his epistle. In 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 3, he said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It was a lively hope who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. At the end of that particular passage, he said that we might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. He addressed the present sufferings that Christians faced, but all of that suffering and all of those circumstances was grounded in the hope. It was grounded in the hope that Jesus Christ would return for his church. I'm looking for a day in which Jesus returns for the church. My expectation, I want it to be aligned with Peter and with Paul that said it's going to be in a twinkling of an eye. You may not know the times or the seasons or the moments, but look around you and awake out of sleep for it is high time to awake out of sleep and recognize that we've got the business of making sure that we are right before God. And we also have the business of reaching out and telling somebody else before he comes that they need to get right with God. If you're in this building tonight, you need to be right with God. You need to make things right before you walk out of this place. You need to be assured that your salvation is assured. 
Amen. Peter and Paul had the same awareness. People want to know the times and the seasons. And Jesus said in Matthew, he said, the day and the hour knoweth no man, not even the angels in heaven. So no man knows the particular day. He just says it will be like in the days of Noah. They will be going through their lives as if nothing is going to change or happen. They were eating and they were drinking. They were marrying and giving in marriage. They were continuing life until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And he uses that comparison as the scoffers. The scoffers. The scoffers looked at Noah and what he was doing and they laughed at him. You're building an ark. We've never seen any rain. You said the world's going to be destroyed by a flood. We've never seen anything like that before. And they laughed at him and scoffed at his his work that he was given by God to do. And they went on with their lives. It became entertainment. What are you doing this weekend? Let's go out and see what Noah's doing on that big hope of a ship that he's building out there. They were carrying on with life as if life just continued to go on. And it was, it was just a passing fancy until Noah entered into the ark. And then they realized a very, very big mistake. Life was not just passing by, but there was a God that was speaking into their world and reaching out to individuals that could have received the testimony that Noah delivered. Life can't just pass us by. We can't just, well, tomorrow I got to work and do this and do that. This is one of the reasons why we come to the house of God. Why? So that we can focus ourselves in the kingdom of God and recognize our spirit, our soul, the internal part of who we are that God breathed into is very, very important. And it is outside the boundary of just going through life week to week to week. I want you to know tonight that I am thankful that I was able to arrive here in time to pray and say before service even began, pray and say, God, I want to be right tonight. I want to repent of every sin. I want my spirit to be right. I want your anointing to touch me. I don't want to go just to tomorrow as if it's another day and there's work to be done and all of that. I want to put full stop for a few moments in the house of God. God and say, Lord, I want you to know that I've made a divine appointment to be in the house of God today so that I can make sure that everything is right with you and I can feel your anointing. Tomorrow may come and go, but right now I'm going to make the most of my opportunity in this place. Praise God in this place. We have a blessed hope. We have a great hope and the great hope for the church is the return of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. He gave his life to redeem us. And we are called to remember that sacrifice when we celebrate communion, which in turn looks forward to the marriage supper of the Lamb. There's three verses that help us understand everything that I have just said. Let's look at those verses here tonight if you have your Bibles. The first one is Titus chapter 2 and verse 3. Or 13, Titus 2, 13. The second one is 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six, And the third one is Revelation 19, 7. A blessed hope, a great hope. So there is a hope. And communion helps us understand that hope. You may not have, have paired that together and reflected on that. Many times when people are talking about communion, they're thinking about his death, his blood, his sacrifice, his servitude. 
but it's also connected to a hope of his return. And then lastly, there is a marriage supper of the Lamb or there is a celebration. Okay, Titus chapter 2 verse 13. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. He's one and the same. He's the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good work. Are you thankful tonight that he has redeemed you from all iniquity? Amen. If you're thankful, just lift your hand up like this and say, God, I'm thankful for the sacrifice that you gave to redeem me from every sin, every iniquity. And I give to you thanks. Praise God. First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26. Paul's talking about the communion service and he says this, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death, what? Till he come. So it is connected to his death. The communion experience is connected to his death. But look at it. It's to show the Lord's death. So it looks back. It looks back and it recognizes the death. And in the present, you're doing something. And then it projects forward to the future. So when you're involved in communion, you're looking in the past, you're in the present, and the future is coming to meet you because he is going to return. So we show the Lord's death till he come. Therefore, the blessed hope is connected to the communion service. And then Revelation chapter 19, verse number seven. Everybody should have a Bible opening it up. You should not be looking up here like, uh, what's he doing? Everybody's got a Bible, say amen. If you're in Revelation 19:7, I'm not even going to ask, but every one of us here should know how to turn in our Bibles. I hope. Brother Booker preaching the other night, asking people to, to quote Acts 2:38 and talking about people that could not. We've got a Bible study that just came out from Brother Prado, and he has developed it to fit this current generation. He's taken a lot of stuff from exploring God's Word, which is very in depth, but. He has recognized that in the culture that we live in, there's people not really associated with the biblical knowledge. And so to go that deep is too much. It's too much. So he opened up his first lesson, his first lesson, first lesson, not very long because he says you need to develop a relationship. And if you go too long, they may never come back to the next lesson. His first lesson is very brief, talks about the different languages of the Bible, and then is a discussion on how you find a verse in the Bible. That there is a chapter, there's a book, and there's a chapter and a verse. And how do you get from the book? Or how do you find the book? There's an Old Testament and a New Testament. And what that means, how do you get from a chapter and how do you get from a verse? And how do you pinpoint that so that you can actually read the scripture? Can you believe that? That's where people are today in terms of understanding the scripture. I hope all of our young people know how to get to the scriptures. You know what they used to do in the old days? In the old days, man, I sound, that's, that's, strike that, strike that completely. Strike that from the record. Huh? Somebody said it. It was an old-fashioned sword drill where you would be given the reference and the first person that got to it and stood up and started reading it, 
they were the one that, that won that particular round. Nowadays, it would be even different because we, we're using cell phones and tablets and everything else. We're not using actual Bible, but turning to your Bible, being able to access that. Young people, I hope every single one of you, parents, parents, you need to go home tonight and you need to ask your children, do you know how to find chapter and verse in the Bible? Seriously, I'm serious. Have you thought about that? Have you considered that? Sometimes we come to church, it's projected up there, you'll see it. Uh, it's, it's more than that. How are, you, how are you connecting to it? What are, you, what are you using? I'm wasting time here, but I don't think I'm wasting time. I'm thinking I'm on to something. You need to have a discussion when you get home. You need to ask your son and your daughter, do you know how to access a particular book, chapter, and verse in the Bible? Amen. And if you do, praise God. And if you don't, oh my, let's, let's, let's look at this and let's figure this out. What are we supposed to be doing? Revelation chapter 19, verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the lamb is come and his wife hath made herself ready and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen. Clean and white for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And he saith unto me, right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, these are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, see thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So there is a blessed hope that we have. We participate in it in communion because we're doing it till he come. And when he comes, there is a celebration. There is a, a marriage of the lamb. There is a celebration that is going to come. Christ is going to return. And this is what we must acknowledge. Despite many unanswered questions, I think when you start talking about last things, you're talking about something that is known, the study of it is eschatology. You're getting into a lot of areas and where there are a lot of questions. I think the best way to approach eschatology is to have a spirit of humility and approach it with humility. There are some things that we know, and this lesson is covering that. We know that there is a coming of Jesus Christ. There is a rapture, and we know that there is a judgment of God, and we know that there is a blessed hope. These things we should keep in our mind. Now, as to when and how and where and all of those things, those are, those are a lot of things that can be questioned and discussed and talked about. But anybody that would tell you, I know emphatically what this means. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a professor of eschatology and I know emphatically is probably a person that you need to avoid because we should approach this subject with humility. What we should say is I want to be ready every single day. I don't have all the answers. I don't know all the answers. But this one thing I do know, I'm looking for Jesus Christ to return and I want to be ready. Don't want to wait till the last judgment. The scripture says judgment begins in the house of God. Start judgment here so you don't have to deal with it there. Praise God. Make the judgment here. Have some self-awareness. Say, God, I want to be right, not something that I'm 
forced to, but something that I'm longing to do. We should have an expectation. We know this, and we don't expect things in general to get better in the world before Jesus Christ returns. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 13, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Our world is not going to get better. It's going to get worse. Amen. Thank God for the church. Jesus was talking in Matthew chapter 24, talking about this very thing. And they were asking him, what's the sign of the times? And he said this, take heed lest no man deceive you. Many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled for these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet for nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines, pestilences and earthquakes in divers places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Jesus said it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. Just be aware of the times and the circumstances that surround you and recognize that God is a sovereign God and he's given to us a hope. There's a lot of people that are fearful in our world, literally scared out of their minds. I'm thankful that when I come to the house of God or when I'm at home or when I open up the scripture, I feel a strength and a comfort. I recognize this is a fallen world. It has always been a fallen world. It is a world that has fallen. And so instead of looking to the government or somebody else to be my savior, I'm looking to Jesus Christ as my savior. I know that he's a sovereign God. I know that there are circumstances that could happen to me in life life because this is a fallen world but I'm thankful that I'm serving a God that helps me understand everything that is going on and that my soul is more important than anything else and I want to make that right this is why I'm not fearful but I am I'm thankful and I'm confident in a God that is powerful amen there's a lot of fear in our world we live in a devolving world but in a devolving world, there is greater hope, greater hope. And the last thing that is emphatic and important is there is a final judgment. After Satan's final rebellion, all people who have not yet been raised from the dead are resurrected to stand before the great white throne of God. We should not be fearful about end time events. This is fascinating, depending on how you read the book of Revelation. And I'll get to some of the various approaches here in a minute. Some people believe that the book of Revelation is a tract of evangelism. You need to get right because all of these beasts are rising. There's a mark of the beast, and you're going to have to do this and that. You're not going to be able to buy and sell. People are very, very fearful, and they're, then they're trying to figure out, okay, when's the exact time? Because if I can figure out the timeline, I've got a few more days before I need to get things right before all this happens. That's, that's, uh, that's really not the way I want to read the book of Revelation. I don't see the book of Revelation as an evangelist tract. I see it as a call to discipleship. The call to discipleship to those churches that were written were going through great, great persecution 
and struggles. And so the word of revelation is in the midst of your persecution and your struggles, recognize that there is one that is sovereign and he's greater than every kingdom. He's greater than every political power and religious power. And he's a God that in the end wins and you are on the winning side. So no matter what comes your way, just keep trusting in God. Be faithful to God. Be confident in that fact. There may be people around you that scoff and say, how in the world? Do you think that God is on your side? You're suffering intense persecution, but just know this. They're ignorant. They don't understand that there is a king of kings and Lord of lords. And vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And there is going to be a judgment that is going to come. And ultimately, Satan will be defeated. Evil spirits will be conquered. Jesus will be king of kings and Lord of lords. And he will reign sovereign and supreme. We should not be fearful about end-time events. We should approach these prophecies with careful attention, knowing the great reward awaiting those who are redeemed by Jesus Christ. I'm almost finished here tonight. I want you to turn to Revelation 20 and verse number 11. There's going to be a rapture of the church, and there's going to be a judgment. It's going to be a judgment. People are going to give account of their lives that they have lived. Revelation 20 and verse number 11, and I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God and the books were open and another book was opened which is the book of life and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will, do, he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God. I want to say after we've read that passage of scripture that you should have no fear, no fear, no fear. You should say, this is the word of God and I recognize that God is bringing to us a great hope and a great reward. So revelation gives to us the understanding that there is a judgment. Now, those are the things that are, if, if you pare them down to its simplicity, those are the things that we should promote, reflect upon, live our life upon. There's a rapture of the church. Jesus Christ is returning. And there is a judgment. And we must, we must live this life in preparation everything that we do in this life in preparation in the kingdom of God 
so that we may give a good account for our lives. I think what you should do is you should put your foot on the gas pedal all the way down and you should live for God with everything that is possibly within you. Every single day should be an opportunity to live for God no matter what you're doing, no matter what occupation you're in. You should live for God with everything, in intensity and a fervor. When you come to the house of God, you should live with a fervor and an intensity to worship Him and praise Him. When you're giving somebody a Bible setting, you're connecting to people, you should live for God with everything that is in you. This goes all the way back to the Old Testament. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of your heart and your mind and your soul. Everything that you've got, pour it out for God. Don't pour out some things over here in the world and lose the ability to pour more out on God. Everything that you've got, you should pour out and say, God, I'm willing to be poured out as a vessel to you. I'm not withholding anything. I'm giving you absolutely everything that I've got. Every bit of energy, every bit of power, Hallelujah, hallelujah. If you're younger, use every bit of energy that you've got because it's going to be a great, great, great thing later in life when you can't do the same things. You're going to appreciate the fact that you'll be able to testify and say, I may not be able to run like I used to, but when I had opportunity, I did run for the Lord. I did pray for the Lord. I did worship for the Lord. I did dance unto the Lord. I gave him everything. Wring me out like a wet towel to squeeze every bit out of me. Hallelujah. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? You have an opportunity to live your life to the fullest. Live it to the fullest for God. Live it to the fullest in his service. There's going to come a day that age is going to creep in. And if you do the huckabuck like you used to do, you're liable to throw something out. (laughs) You don't want to be going away from church with back problems because you did a funny dance. And now you got knee problems, ankle problems, and back problems. Praise God. Give God everything that you've got while you can. And then let me just say this. And then when you get a little older, George took two laps tonight. That was awesome. Some of us couldn't do two laps. Some of us can't even do half a lap the way he was running. Praise God. That was exciting. But when you get older and you can't do the same thing that you once were able to do when you were younger, it doesn't mean that you stop doing something. It just means that you do something different. So I may not be able to shout with the intensity of a young person, but I can still wave my hand. (laughs) Praise God. I can still do a one, two step or whatever that is. I can still worship God in a way that still brings glory to God until my dying 
today I want to go on record right here I'm gonna worship God as long as there is breath in me I'm gonna praise God hallelujah I may not be able to leap as high run as fast but I'm still going to do my part to let God know as long as I'm on this terra firma and as long as I'm living I'm going to give you praise and worship you with everything that I've got I'm going to give it all to you Lord I'm going to give it all to you Praise God, praise God. Somebody lift your hands and lift your voice and worship him. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, I'll praise you in the good times. But when I praise you, I'm storing up some things that in the bad times, I could still have an anointing of God and a worship that comes out of me. Praise God. Let's clap our hands and thank the Lord together. Thank the Lord together. Thank the Lord together. <laughs> that was awesome, Kelsey. I didn't even know you were going to be here tonight. And, and given the circumstances for you to run the aisles tonight in the house of God, you know what she was saying? She was saying, I'm still going to praise God. I'm, I'm going to praise God no matter what because he's my strength. I'm confident not in everything else, but I'm confident in his ability to be a sovereign God. Praise God to be a sovereign God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I feel his anointing in this house. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Come on, lift up your hands and just give him praise. Tonight, we commit tonight. We commit to giving you everything. I'm not withholding anything from you. I'm not piecing myself up and giving part to the world and giving part to myself. But God, I want you to take everything. I want you to take all of me. I want you to use me. Come on, somebody, let's pray just for a few moments in this place tonight. God's here to minister to us. What you're doing is what he desires. When I lift him up, there is strength that comes to me. When I give him everything, his anointing comes to me. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to be poured out. I want to be wrung out. Hallelujah. Squeeze, squeeze every drop out of me, Lord, for your glory and for your honor.
Why don't you step out of a pew where you are tonight and walk to the front, lift your hands and say, Lord, I want to make a commitment tonight. I want to make a commitment tonight. And the commitment I want to make is I want to praise you through every stage of life.